Okay, and welcome back to Fast Ship Performance. My name is Tim Davies. Today's post is about my father. My father died on the 13th of April 2011. So five years ago, I wrote this post on uh, the fifth anniversary of his death. I'm just going to read it straight out, guys. Um, I think it's pretty self-explanatory. Obviously, our parents are very important to us, and when they go, um, it can be very difficult. So I wrote this post. Hopefully, we'll be able to gain something from it. It'll make us all a little bit safer, maybe. So I'm going to read it straight out. Life is what happens to you while you're busy making other plans. Death on the roads. A quote that is often attributed to John Lennon was actually first used in 1957 in an issue of Reader's Digest by a man named Alan Saunders. And Mr Saunders was absolutely right. But he wasn't the only person who knew what the quote meant. When I was young, my father was a police traffic officer and an accident investigator. In between catching speeding motorists or breathalyzing drink drivers, he would sketch intricate portrayals of vehicle accident scenes using very fine pens and on tracing paper that was admissible in court. Investigating accident sites, especially where there has been a fatality, was never an easy task, and some nights, after arriving home from work, he would take a whiskey up to his office where he'd set about drawing his day's work. Often I would have a sneaky look at the plans that he would create. I would wonder at how a car's skid marks would finish where my father had drawn a tree, or how neatly he had sketched the outline of a motorcyclist, but had somehow forgotten to draw some of the limbs. As I grew older, my father would become more open and talk about his days on the motorways of southern England. He had a partner, Jim, who was of a similar age, mid-50s, and often they'd bring the newest and fastest BMW or Jaguar patrol car back to the house where I'd marvel at the equipment inside. My father and Jim became two of the oldest traffic officers in the constabulary and would mentor and instruct the younger ones in the art of pursuit driving and the intricacies of road traffic law. Sometimes my father would arrive home after midnight having been in work on an early shift only to have been called to a road traffic accident or RTA later in the day. His tiredness would show but he'd always pour out a whiskey and join me in front of some mind-numbing TV show where I'd try and drag out of him any excitement that his day might have brought. Often he'd talk of a car chase he'd had or an unusual traffic stop he might have made but sometimes he didn't want to talk and would just watch the TV. With hindsight, I guess a lot of emergency first responders probably exist with a low level of post-traumatic stress disorder or PTSD, but it wasn't something a police officer would have known much about back then. Most of the time, he would say that he had to go and sketch another incident. In those days, most police stations had a police club bar above the main work area where officers would go and have a pint or two before heading home after their shift. It worked as a decompression tool and allowed them to offload their thoughts onto a drinking buddy so as to not go home and torment the wife with the horrors of the day. If my dad had a bad day and drank a few too many, a police car would be summoned to ferry him home so that he didn't have to drive, a well-supported process and one that my father had himself done for his fellow officers many times before. But after a while, those police bars started to close down. Forces were unable to support them and it wasn't seen as the right thing to do for the constabularies to endorse a drinking culture alongside police work. From then on, most officers would head home after work and drink alone. Some, like my father, would attempt to frequent a new pub and get in with the locals, but it was never the same. 
A police officer would find that their stories were rarely understood by their new audience, and so they would head back to their houses where they could be alone with someone who did understand them, themselves. After attending one particularly nasty RTA, my father showed me the results of inattention by a young motorcyclist. It wasn't all the motorcyclist's fault. The car driver hadn't seen him, but speed was a factor, as it normally still is. When coupled with inexperience, the result was yet another needless death on the roads. Many people think that one of the downsides of the job might be speaking to the relatives of those that the road has claimed, but my father always said that he saw it as a privilege that he could be the one to inform the family of their loss and help them through it. He was a very proud man, and a former Royal Marine who had fought overseas. He had suffered injuries during a diving incident whilst attempting special boat service selection, and then left the Royal Marines soon after to join the police force. Many times in his police career, he had found weapons in vehicles that he stopped at the roadside, but he was never challenged with them. He had cut the peak of his police cap extra straight, a trick he had learned from his drill sergeant at Royal Marine Training Centre, Limpston, so that it partially covered his eyes. This gave him a look which instantly commanded authority and respect. This, he said, was for when he'd find himself stopping a wayward driver while single-crewed on a dark and remote country lane in the small hours of the morning. But the other reason my father said he had never come to any harm was because of one word. Respect. Not because of the respect that the badge, uniform or brightly lit police car would command from the person he stopped, but because of the respect that he would show to the driver that he had only just met. When he approached the vehicle with his white traffic cap with forced slip peak still in place, he would always address the occupant as sir or madam, and not in a condescending manner that you often see on some of the police TV shows nowadays. When he called somebody sir, he really meant it. As he would tell me, you don't know what kind of day that person is having. Always treat them with the respect that you would want to be treated with. His father had been a senior police officer in the Welsh Valleys, and my father's accent would often betray his homeland of which he was fiercely proud. There was nothing like a curt demand given in a sharp Welsh accent and ending in boyo to make an agitated driver become exceptionally compliant. Some notable difficult events stand out, and as I got older, he would talk of them less. The French family that were all killed on one of his motorways. A friend of our family who attempted to hitch home on one of his motorways but was hit and killed by a car. How he once had to end an exceptionally dangerous chase by nudging the offending vehicle off the road, which unfortunately resulted in the death of the driver. I guess there are some things that you can never unsee. After a long illness from emphysema caused by asbestosis, Partly gained whilst on active naval service and helped along with a history of alcohol and nicotine addiction, my father died in 2011. I was lucky enough to be able to see him one last time before he joined his fellow police officers and Royal Marines on the other side. I was in Kabul, Afghanistan when the call came. He had been taken ill again, but this time it was serious. Within 16 hours, I was at his bedside. The power of the Joint Casualty and Compassionate Centre, or JCCC, should never be underestimated and I am forever grateful. But I still remember him for the pens and the drawing boards that are still in his study next to rolls of tracing paper that will never get used. The late nights when he'd sit with his whiskey, looking at the TV, that would never have the answers he hoped for. And the way he treated the members of the public that he'd never met before, and how they would always leave with a newfound respect for the police force. I know we don't like to think about the bad things that might happen to us or our family. It's not pleasant, 
and it's hard to consider at the best of times. But my father always said that to die on the roads was a waste of a life. He said that most people don't leave enough space to the car in front of them, use their phones and become distracted or just plain speed when conditions are poor. He said that there was no such thing as an accident on the roads. There was always somebody who'd done something foolish. Maybe sometimes other plans we have should take a back seat whilst we take some time to appreciate the life that is happening all around us. It is very easy to miss. As much as you can prepare for your partner, child or friends becoming ill or losing their jobs, you can never prepare for the knock on the door that signals that they won't be coming home again, ever. It was one of the things that I remember my father telling me one night after he'd returned from working a particularly difficult shift dealing with another fatality. Tim, just remember that life is what happens to you on a rainy Tuesday afternoon. And with that, he took his blended malt companion and headed upstairs to once again sketch out the unfairness and sudden brutality of just another accident on the roads. Uh, thanks for listening. Tim Davies, Fast Jet Performance.